Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. Hey, you guys are getting to hang out with me and Logan today. And, uh, you know, Logan's always got good stuff going on. So we're looking forward to Logan. We're looking forward to hearing what you got today. Now, uh, we just thought we would get together and uh, just see. We, we just released our first podcast of 2022. We had uh, Tyler Dickerhoof Dicker uh, from Spokane, Washington on. Had some great stuff. And just thought we would talk about that a little bit more because um, a lot of that stuff we could go into much deeper uh, detail and dive into. And uh, if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it. Uh, Tyler, he talked about being an impact-driven leader. And Logan just wanted to kick it off, see if there was anything from that conversation that stood out to you or jumped out to you with our conversation with Tyler. There was a lot of stuff that... um... A lot of really good nuggets to pull from from that conversation. Um, I really enjoyed talking with Tyler. Um, that was a day where um, I really didn't feel very good. Um, and I was having a hard time getting my energy level up and getting excited about, um, you know, the, the college football playoffs were coming on that afternoon. And I just didn't feel awesome. And it was cold and rainy outside. And man, as soon as we turned it on and I met Tyler and got to start talking to him. Uh, it's one of those conversations where I'm so glad that I, um, one of those things where you're so glad that you did it uh, and you took a lot from it. Um, for me, uh, you and I talk a lot about empathy and how that I, I've always over the past few years felt like that's kind of the X factor for success and leadership. Um, so selfishly, I would say, hearing somebody else reinforce that was, um, gratifying. Um, but I thought something that I learned from Tyler, uh, something that I had never really placed before, uh, was in his, in his conversation about, uh, intensity, um, and how that can tend to drive people away at times, um, when it's not channeled, uh, in, in the right way. And I definitely, after reflecting on that for the past week or so, that's something that I see in my own life where I, I have a tendency for things I'm passionate about to cross that intensity threshold where uh, it can become exhausting or off-putting for other people. Uh, and there's some, some places in my life where I don't mind being a lone wolf about that thing that I'm intense about. And there's other places where it's probably driving people away from wanting to go on the journey with me to accomplish goals. Um, or to impact lives or, or whatever it may be. So for me, that was one of my biggest takeaways was really looking at how intensity can really be a two-edged sword. Yeah. You know, I, I thought, I thought a lot about that part of the conversation as well. That was probably to me, the biggest takeaway I had as well, the intensity. And as he was talking about that, it started making me think about passion and how passion it's more attractive than intensity, but it's almost like a fine line that you can cross of being too intense. And like he said, being intense pushes people away. To me, that was a, that was an awesome little nugget right there that, that I, I was really thinking into. Um, Yeah. I would agree. I'd never thought about it from that framework. Um, 
and I thought he did a great job of uh, explaining it for us uh, and making it simple. But going back to childhood or going back to sports as a teenager or a young adult uh, for him and then and then reflecting on my own life, intensity is the thing that has guiding has um, yielded some success in certain areas. Um, and so it is hard to get away from it to go to the next level as a, as a leader and bring people uh, on through. Yeah. Yeah. I had never connected the dots on before and uh, a, a really good takeaway from, from that conversation. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Hey, Logan, uh, you and I both are all into growth and the leadership. I'm just curious, you know, what are you learning right now? What are you, what area are you growing into? What are you reading? Uh, what you got right now? Several, several things right now. Um, when hunting season ended, it kind of flipped the switch for me. Um, I was on the way back from, uh, as soon as the sun went down on the last day in Wyoming for me, uh, it was like the switch flipped and I was like, I'm ready to go back, uh, into, into work mode, into personal development mode, uh, into having an impact mode. Um, and it was like the seasons in my life shifted immediately when the sun set on that last day. Um, and so I've spent some time the past few weeks thinking about kind of the seasons of life, uh, and how, okay, the year is ending. Why is that date on the calendar so important? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not because there's this invisible line there. It's because it's a reminder that it's a new season. Um, and so for, for me, it was when that sunset, uh, that day in, in Wyoming. Um, but then as I've transitioned into this season again, uh, I've gotten back into Proverbs uh, it, after our conversation last week, uh, that's been, that's been really good, uh, to get back into Proverbs, uh, deeply and, and thinking about wisdom and, and understanding. Um, and like we talked about with Tyler, always pulling something new out, no matter how many times you've read through it, there's, there's always something new. Um, I just read, uh, read a book called life and air, um, like millionaire, but life and air. Um, and that's been something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about the past few weeks. Um, for me, reducing complexity in my life, uh, I think will increase the quality of the life that I'm living. Um, and so getting, as we've talked about plenty of times, more and more crystal clear on my vision, um, for my life, for businesses that I'm involved in, for whatever it may be, uh, so that I can separate out the things that aren't pulling me closer to that. Um, and as I've looked at life through that life and air framework, um, it's really revealed some things uh, for me that are not really contributing. Maybe they contribute to earning more money, but they take a lot of brain space, uh, and they're, and they increase complexity and really starting to weigh that out on the scales of does this add to or take away from the vision of, of the life that my wife and I want to live. Mm -hmm. Um, so spent a lot of time over the past few weeks, uh, with that, um, 
and also there have been several things over the past two or three weeks, work related uh, and personal related, personal life related, uh, where there have been things that have not gone the right way that were outside of my control. So refocusing at now really from a business standpoint on, okay, let's focus on controlling what we can control and the rest of the things are just going to have to fall where they fall and, and not, and not wearing that weight as much because at the end of the day, I can't control it. Um, and I feel like I have to relearn that lesson way more than I should. Uh, but I'm learning it again right now. So those are kind of the big things that I've been focused on, um, and been thinking on and, um, really took a lot out of the life and air book. Um, and always take a lot out of Proverbs. Yeah, that's awesome. I love what you said right there. The, I tried to write that down. Reducing the complexity will improve my quality of life. I thought that was awesome. And, you know, you mentioned the the Proverbs. That was another thing in our conversation with Tyler that really stood out to me. I do the whole read a proverb a month. But I love what he said about using a different translation uh, each month. And it just adds a little layer there. And, I, man, I tried that this, this month. And we have this complete Jewish study Bible. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I went through it on Proverbs and it is really, I mean, just seeing it from a different angle. It's uh, really, really interesting. So, um, so I've been going through Proverbs in that and uh, I like it. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I had not thought of that before. And my understanding was that he's, he's reading the corresponding proverb and day every single day of the year. Is that right? So he's basically reading through Proverbs 12 times per year and every single month he's using a different translation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what I started. I just took my regular English standard version uh, to get back in the, in the groove uh, this month. Um, but there, you're never going to fail to get a return on investment from reading Proverbs. Um when, when Chris and I were uh, leading a small group at, uh, at youth group on Wednesday nights and, and uh, we had uh, ninth and 10th grade boys and they would, if they would ever show any signs of, of hunger and wanting to get into the word, they go, where do I start? Like, just start in Proverbs mm. because you don't have to have a strong faith, you, but you can be the strongest Christian out there. You're going to get something out of Proverbs. There's yeah. something that is applicable that you can take uh, and and you can put it to use in your life. Yeah. And you're going to find something new every time. I think it's so a great leadership. Whenever voice. I want to get back to the basics, I always just jump back in Proverbs. Yeah. I think it's a great leadership book. I, I think about this. So um, King Solomon, right? His dad is David. His mom was Bathsheba. So, so kind of track, backtracking just a little bit. So David isn't where he's supposed to be. It says, it says uh, in scripture that when the kings went out to war, David stayed at home. So he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And he ended up wandering on top of the, on top of the roof and he sees Bathsheba and he does some bad things and uh, a line of bad things and Bathsheba gets pregnant, but that, that child dies and he grieves. But the Lord tells him that he's going to have another child and that that child's going to be king. So I'm, I'm, I'm leading into something here with Proverbs. So from the moment that Solomon is born, they know he's going to be king, right? So he didn't get the same training and the, the same Hebrew uh, mathematics and the same Hebrew literature or whatever, 
than everybody else. I mean, he got kingdom leadership training. And he says in Proverbs that I learned this from my mom. I learned this from my dad. So this is like a, uh, if you want to know how to lead well, this is a great book, right? Proverbs, knowing how to lead well. So anyway. It's just so universal. It doesn't matter if you're, like I said, uh, you could have been a, you could have given your life to the Lord yesterday, or you could have been following the Lord for 65 years. You could be an atheist. You can be a Muslim. It doesn't matter who you are. You can go read Proverbs and you can find something that is going to make you better. Yeah. So it's just, it's just such low hanging fruit. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, if everybody in the world read Proverbs and, and implemented it, it would be a better place. <laughs> it so, would. I, um, um, look, yeah. I, 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 shifting gears just a little bit, I was doing a training with the team this week, and we were talking about a growth environment. And you and I have talked about this, and we've done it with your team, that there's a specific environment that uh, it requires for leaders to grow in and those kind of things. And um, you had mentioned just a few minutes ago about, things that happen to you. So you can say circumstances, right? And I, I just, we started talking about this question. And what are your thoughts on the difference between growth and change? Do you think there's a difference? I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that. Growth and change. Growth and change. Yeah, you um, difference or... I'm putting you on the spot here on the podcast. I think, gro- I think growth is something... Um, growth is something that happens I think internally Mm. um I think growth when I think of growth this is maybe not going to be the the Webster's dictionary definition but when I think of growth it's a response to a stimulus and oftentimes uh, a healing and a becoming better Mm. uh when I think of growth I think about when I was in college and I was playing soccer and I wanted to get better. I got in the weight room and I wanted to lift heavier weights because they would break my muscles down more. And then my muscles would respond by growing and healing bigger and better and stronger. Um, and so they were responding to a stimulus that broke them down and responding in a way that made them better for the next time. Um, so when I think about personal growth, I kind of think about it in that uh, almost a bodybuilder or a power lifter framework of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to break my mind or my body down enough, just give it the right stimulus so that it can grow back better. Um, change, I think is something that's a lot more inevitable. Um, seasons are going to change whether we want them to or not, but we're not going to grow without some intentionality. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Go ahead. No, I was just, uh, you know, that that's kind of where our, where our conversation was going in, in all of that. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, they don't, they don't like change, but I've, what I found is people don't like being changed. And if, you know, change, like you said, is inevitable. You can, you can choose not to change and it, it's going to happen. And I think also, if you have change, that doesn't automatically mean growth. But if you grow, change will come along with it. It's a byproduct of your growth. You know, you, you mentioned that's a, that's a great, yeah. a great differentiation. You can have 
you can have change without growth, but not growth without change. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's that's perfect. Yeah, way better way to say it than the way I said it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so so whenever I was writing this up, and this, so I wrote. When I wrote this training up, I wrote that question and then I followed it up with another question because I assumed where the conversation would go, knowing some of these leaders and those kind of things. But one guy said, said something that I have been pondering on ever since we, it was almost like what we talked about with Tyler that I have not thought of it like that before. So just curious, your follow-up question, uh, your thoughts on this follow-up question, you know, with what we just said, what are some things a person cannot change? What do you think are some things a person can't change? Uh, so something that jumps out for me is I can't change my generational family history. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's, if there are two, three, five generations of, uh, adultery and divorce, I can't change that. But if I grow, I can change the future direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there are tons of circumstances oftentimes, sometimes we can change circumstances or we can change environment. Um, but there are oftentimes we can't. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I, what I was thinking into there, you know, there are circumstances, some of the circumstances, like you said, about who your parents are, where you were born, those kind of things uh, you have no control over. Um, but now you, you are responsible now, right? You, you can change some of that stuff. But one of our actual mutual friends, Jim McCullough, he said something that, I just had not thought of before. Maybe it doesn't stand out to you guys, but when I asked this question, he immediately said, when I asked the question, what are some things a person cannot change? He immediately said your core values. And I was taken back just a little bit. And that's true. Like in reality, you can change those. You can change your core values. But the way I took it was you've got to be determined to make the commitment up front that you've got some non-negotiables that cannot be changed. And to me, that is a, I don't know if he even knew how profound it was to me, but that was a very profound thing that you got to have those non-negotiables in your life that could be changed, but you got to say, no way, Jose. Right. So anyway, right. uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I like that. Um, I just think back and go back to the, um, bodybuilding or powerlifting or weightlifting um, analogy. My best friend growing up, when I got into college, he was playing football, I was playing soccer, and we would work out together after practice. We would do the same workouts, but we have very, very different genetics. We have very different body types. Um, He gains weight and muscle very, very easily. I gain weight specifically it's very difficult for me. Um, we could do the same workout, um, but our genetic potential to look a certain way and to lift a certain amount of weight were very, very different. That's something that genetic potential was not something that I could change, but I could grow myself to reach my natural genetic maximum potential. Um, so there were some parameters around that, 
but I can still work to maximize my potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our potentials were very different. Um, our potentials in other areas of life are different too, because he, he is gifted in different ways than I am. Yeah. Um, and so that was, um, for us, there are different areas in our lives of iron sharpens iron, uh, and, and we make each other better, but that's an area where I can't change the fact that his ceiling is higher than mine for who's going to be able to bench press or squat or deadlift the most weight. Yeah. Um, but there are areas where my ceiling is, is higher. I could, I could kick field goals further than him (laughs) because the way that my body is shaped, my legs serve as longer levers. Um, for him that allowed him to squat more for me that allowed me to kick a football or a soccer ball better. Um, so, but there, those are things that we can't change. Um, but we have to then make sure we're still maximizing our potential, uh, wherever the Lord puts us. That's right. I I got a, as you're saying that I got a good friend. We used to work out together a lot and he, he was all jacked. He had abs and all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, I was, maybe a bit more athletic, but I can remember exactly what you said. We'd work out the same and he would eat like trash and he's got like these uh-huh. back abs. I was like, man, you're kidding me. You know, it's messed up, you know? So anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and now we hunt together. Yeah. Yeah. And he still carries far more muscle than I do. And 90% of the year, that's probably a really good thing. When we're in the mountains, my body requires less fuel. My body uh, requires less oxygen to those muscle groups to keep them functioning at a high level. And so the way that we perform is a little bit different at certain altitudes. Um, So we have different ceilings in different areas. Um, And I think it's all about um, in any facet of life, making sure that you're maximizing that potential but also training for how are you training yourself for to be the best parent to be the best leader to be the best pastor whatever it is that you're doing you know our goals were different 10 years ago than they are now and so our our training is different um but we also have different gifts yeah so uh logan you said the word altitude and 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 uh, last last couple of years, I think we've done this, or maybe the last few times, uh, we, we've done some projections and predictions. I guess you would say. I would love to hear your thoughts. Now, none of our listeners are going to hold you to it, right? So so they're not going to say, Logan, you were wrong. You're wrong. Although you've been spot on all the other time. I'm just curious where you see us headed in 2022 from high altitude. Global picture, where you see us going? Oh, man, that is a very big, broad question. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, hey, can you narrow it down for? Uh, yeah, guess, to, let's, let's uh, go to economy. From a yeah, society, economy. Yeah, economy. Okay, economy. Where you see that going? I think for the first half of the year, if you look at so the way that in business, the way that we look at um, budgets is year over year. So we're, we're looking at how do we perform last January, not how do we perform last month. 
Um, how do we perform last year, same month? Um, I think you're going to see businesses up, spending up, uh, largely because last year we were still just barely kind of coming out of lockdowns uh, the first quarter of the year. Um, and we've printed a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, people may mistake some of this for growth when it's actually inflation. Um, I heard a stat the other day that 40% of the dollars that are in circulation right now were printed in the last 12 months. Wow. Stop and think about that. Yeah. That is, uh, my wife almost ran off the road when I told her that. Um, So I don't think it's an accident that we're seeing real estate prices continue to go up. Uh, personally, I don't think now it's a market and submarket contingent, but I don't think there's this massive real estate bubble. I think there's a massive consumer credit bubble, um, student loans, credit cards, uh, those sorts of things. Um, vehicles. Uh, I mean, we've seen vehicles go up 20, 30%. Um, and debt on those is locked in pretty cheap. For most people. So a lot of people have bought a vehicle and made money on it, um, even though they have a note. Uh, however, the replacement cost for that vehicle is significantly higher. Uh, so I think people are seeing um, more money, higher income, but they, they, they may not have a higher quality of life uh, mm-hmm. right now. Um, So I think the first half of this year, we're going to see continued up year over year numbers in most businesses uh, because there was some recovery, but also things are just more expensive. Um, So if you're somebody that has bought businesses or real estate or uh, equipment or whatever at cheap, low fixed interest rates, you're probably going to be pretty happy. Um, because you're seeing those revenues go up, uh, maybe your cost of goods sold up, cost of goods sold go up a little bit, but your fixed costs are, are locked in pretty cheap. Um, and you're seeing good recovery. The second half of the year, I have no idea. Um, I felt last year, like there was very good clarity on we're printing this much money. People are ready to get out and spend money. The economy is going to flip kind of like a switch. People are ready to get out and do stuff. The second half of the year, I'm not sure when the proverbial chickens are going to come home to roost, but at some point, I feel like you can't print this much money without there being a fallout. I just don't know where that fallout is going to be. I don't understand how, in fact, I I had a great conversation with a a friend of mine that is the most financially intelligent person I've ever met. His nickname is The Brain. Um, (laughs) He tutored people that I know in college on classes he didn't take. Wow. Um, that's, that is 100% factual. He, I know people that he tutored in real estate finance classes, and he didn't take those classes. Uh, he could look at the textbook. Things made sense. Brilliant. Uh, but I had a conversation with him about, hey, man, how did these stock prices make sense when price-to-earnings ratios are so high? And he said, oh, well, it's simple. The, they're just growing really fast. So they outpace those. Those are really bad valuations, but they're growing so fast that they outpace them. I said, well, okay. 
that that makes sense. But what if they don't grow that fast? He's like, well, then it wouldn't be a very good investment. So we're we're kind of gambling on future growth in a lot of these places with really really high price to earnings ratios, like sixteen to one. I I mean that's I wouldn't I wouldn't pay sixteen times for every dollar earned. That doesn't that the math doesn't really make good sense. Yet the stock market continues to to increase. Well. These companies have borrowed very, very cheap money. They use it to fuel growth, and then that growth exceeds the price that you, that you've paid for it today. I don't know how long that can continue to go on because I don't know how long that we'll be able to keep getting debt that's this cheap. Um, so, I, I don't know when those chickens come home to roost. Uh, that is way above my financial intelligence and and pay grade. It just seems like there have to be some consequences at some point. Um, the dollar can't be worth as much tomorrow as it is today if we keep printing 40% of the money supply every 12 months. It just seems like we're all going to lose to inflation. Yeah. Um, but so long as other countries use the U.S. dollar as reserve currency, we're also kind of devaluing the, the, the debt that we owe those countries. Yes. So um, I don't know. I think the next six months will continue to be really strong. Um, and I think that if you're in uh, hard asset classes like real estate um, and businesses and things that have price elasticity um, where you're not locked into to kind of one price and you turn your inventory over pretty well, um, you should fare pretty well. Um, unfortunately, I think that the, a lot of the folks, uh, specifically, um, if you're on fixed income, that's a really tough situation yeah. because if the dollar is devaluing and things are continuing to go up, up, up in price and your income is fixed, um, I think we're doing a disservice, uh, to those people. Yeah, it's a really interesting time there. You, you got all of those things you talk about, uh, yet there's opportunity out there, uh, a lot of opportunity out there. And I, I think it's any anytime you're going to look at opportunity, uh, you have to do your research because who wants to pay 16 to 1? <laughs> you know, that's not very smart. So doing your own research on any of that, whether it's real estate or, you know, uh, stock market, whatever, Bitcoin and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think there's an awesome opportunity out there as well. And man, that, that is that is good stuff. Um, Logan, uh, just before we wrap up, I was just curious if you had any anything else, any other thoughts you want to share with the listeners? Any thoughts, Any um, anything else? Um, no, I mean, just to, to add on to that, there's always opportunity. We talked about that at the beginning of COVID almost two years ago. Uh, yeah. Hey, this is going to level the playing field. Yeah. If everybody goes back to back to square one, who can build the fastest? Um, there's a ton of opportunity. Um, and I definitely don't want to sound like chicken little, this, the sky is falling <laughs> or anything like that. There is opportunity. Um, I do think it's a time to, to make sure that you're vetting things very well and not, um, not being a prisoner of the moment, mm -hmm. what goes up is going to keep going up because we, we know from 
we know from the past that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think there are really good ways to hedge, and there are really great opportunities out there for the people that are uh, that are going to take action. As always, the people that take action are the ones that are going to get get wins. Um, you're going to take some chances and you're not going to hit a home run every time, but you're never going to get on base if you never go to bat. That's right. So um, I, I think it's a great time to take action, but just be paying attention and, and uh, not throw caution to the winds right now. Um, Warren Buffett says, be scared when others are greedy, be greedy when others are scared. I think we are nearing a time where a lot of people a year ago were very scared and people did really well. The ones that were, that were willing to take some action. Now, a lot more people are taking action. I think we may tip to the, okay, a lot of folks are being greedy. Let's pull back. Let's see when these markets correct, how they correct. Um, and then I, I think there's going to be a new wave of opportunity. Um, so I, I definitely, tons and tons of opportunity out there uh, it's just about being opportunistic and um like we talked about earlier what, what i've learned is taking advantage of there's so many opportunities if you focus on everything you focus on nothing yeah so making sure that i'm only focused on the opportunities that fit the right vision that i have uh so that i'm not adding complexity uh in a way that doesn't get me closer to that vision um, because you can, you can absolutely say yes to opportunities that take you further away from, from what that vision is. That's right. Um, I love what you said too. Awesome. Awesome time. Awesome opportunity but paying attention because even if it, even if something happens in six months and there is some kind of correction, there's opportunity there as well. You just got to know how to pivot and know what to pivot into. Um, but, but it takes awareness. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There were a lot of people that made a, made a good bit of money in 2005, six and seven. Yeah. But then there were a few people that made generational fortunes in 2007, mm-hmm. eight, nine, 10. Um, because when the tide went out, you knew who was, who was swimming naked. Uh, and that's always going to be the case. But when that tide goes out, if you have the cash or if you have the ability to get access to the cash to make things happen when there is a correction, um, like Warren Buffett said, everybody gets nervous, but I don't know why everybody gets excited when things go on sale, except for stocks and real estate. Um, (laughs) And these markets go in cycles. There's going to be a down, but after the down, there's going to be an up. Uh, And it's all about being able to kind of weather that storm and um, not be a prisoner of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult. It is. It is. Um, Yeah. I I wanted to go down another rabbit. I know we've got time to wrap up, but man, that was so good. I really would like to dive into that even more, but um, hey, we wanted to just touch base. And if you have not listened to last week's episode with Tyler, highly recommend going back and taking a listen to that. It was really good. I hope today's added value to you as well. And I know Logan's always got some good nuggets to share. By the way, we are holding Logan to that, uh, I don't think. So, no. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, you guys have a great day. And God bless. Uh, Make sure, hey, comment something that stood out to you. 
comment, uh, and then feel free to give a like, share, so you can stay up to date uh, with any of the new episodes we're coming out. So have a great day. And, and let us know, and let us know if there are any any topics that you'd like to hear discussed, or questions that you have, or uh, somebody that you think would be an awesome guest. Um, you know, we're here to add value. Yeah, that's a great, great point. We'd love to hear, we love hearing people's stories and uh, I'd love to get that story out there. So if you know of anybody like Logan said, we'd love to have them. So you guys have a great day and God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform, and hey, we value your feedback, and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?